From time to time in sacred scripture, we find what is known as a summary statement, which does exactly what its name indicates. The particular text acts as a type of summary, articulating what has gone beforehand and often leading us to what follows. It acts like a transition or a type of a bridge. A few examples of a summary statement in scripture are the ending of the story of Mary and Joseph finding the child Jesus in the temple. We read in Luke chapter two, Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. He progressed steadily in age and grace before God and man. Another of these summary statements can be found in Acts chapter 9. Throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, the church was at peace. It was being built up and was making steady progress in the fear of the Lord. Yet another example can be found at the ending of St. John's Gospel. There are still many other things that Jesus did, yet if they were all written about in detail, I doubt there would be room enough in the entire world to hold the books to record them. While not technically a summary statement as such, I'd like to propose the first reading today from the Acts of the Apostles as a type of summary of our faith which in two very short, concise verses teaches us a wealth about Jesus Christ, our faith, the early Christian community, and what we are to be about as followers of Jesus. First off, St. Luke tells us who is present. Peter, John, the other nine apostles, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then we learn from the Gospels that Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Zebedee's sons, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, Salome, and the sister of the Blessed Mother, Mary of Clopas, were likewise present. These are the women who ministered to Jesus throughout his public life and who were at the foot of the cross during his passion and death. By enumerating the, and naming the women, St. Luke situates the death of Jesus on the cross as the context or the background undergirding these two short verses from the Acts of the Apostles. Next, when did these events of which we read today take place? We are told clearly after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, when he had been taken up body and blood, soul and divinity into heaven. Where did today's events take place? At the Mount of Olives, in Jerusalem, and in the upper room where they were staying. The Mount of Olives 
is associated with the passion and death of Jesus Christ, as well as the place of life. This is where, on Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem occurred as Jesus began his paschal mystery for our sake, for our salvation. The Mount of Olives is also the location of the Garden of Gethsemane, the, that place of agony in the desert, the place of betrayal, where the chief priests and the temple guard came with clubs, swords, and other weapons of death to arrest the Prince of Peace, the author of life, he who is the resurrection and the life. On the east side of the Mount of Olives is located Bethany, the village where Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus lived. This is where Jesus raised the dead Lazarus, entombed and bound with the clothing of death, to life. This is where many of the townspeople came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah and the Christ, as a result of Lazarus being raised from the dead by him who is the resurrection and the life. St. Luke takes pains to tell us that Bethany and the Mount of Olives is a Sabbath day journey from Jerusalem, that is, less than two miles distance. I don't think this is because he had a compass or a map or could measure out the distance between place and place. In mentioning the Sabbath day's journey, he is intimating and calling our attention to Torah, to God's covenant with his holy people, calling to mind what the law and the prophets said of the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world in whose blood is sealed the new and eternal covenant. After the resurrection of our Lord to heaven, Jesus' disciples were instructed to return to Jerusalem to the upper room where they were staying, evoking the institution of the Holy Eucharist and the priesthood on the night before he died for us, and that bewildering, joyous Easter night when through closed and locked doors, Jesus came and appeared to the disciples and the women, he came with the gifts of his presence, his peace, the Holy Spirit, and the forgiveness of sins. The upper room is likewise where Didymus saw and believed as he himself examined Jesus' nail and lance wounds and it is in an upper room where Jesus raised the dead little girl to life, restoring her to her parents, her family, and the community. In the upper room after the ascension, the 11 apostles, the Blessed Mother, and the other women devoted themselves with one accord to prayer, we are told, modeling our vocation as followers, witnesses, and disciples of the Risen One. For what do you think they were praying and keeping watch and seeking? Although we are not directly told, I can imagine they were praying to know more clearly the will of God and for the requisite strength and courage to carry it out. 
I would think that they were praying for a deeper intimacy with Jesus and for direction for the future and to make sense of all that had been happening since the Passover. What can we learn then from these two short verses of the Acts of the Apostles? What is the inspired word of God showing us? What then are we to do, brothers and sisters? I suggest the same as the eleven, the Blessed Mother and the other women. Listen, obey, do as God directs, go where Jesus leads us, keep watch and pray with one accord and with one heart, mind, and soul. Through the gift and the grace of the Holy Eucharist this day, may we do just that.